So these are silver stackers, but what is the most efficient silver to stack? Those are the 5,000 ounce bars or the 1,000 ounce bars, sorry. They are the most economically efficient to stack because they have the lowest storage cost and they have the lowest premiums. So, you know, buy a futures contract, take delivery of the silver, move it to Delaware and start in your IRA. That's probably what's happening here. Well, hello there, my friends. Rafi here from The End Game Investor. And I have a little bit of a feeling that by the time you watch this video, silver will be much higher than it is right now. And I'm recording this on Thursday. It looks like we have something of a breakout developing this morning, breaking out of both a tight coil of several weeks, I think it's eight weeks, and also a downtrend line that has been established in silver squeeze. So in this silver report, I wanted to concentrate on what we have accomplished since silver squeeze. It is hard to see, especially as the hype has died down from the initial burst on February 1st, 2021. It is now February 2nd, 2023. We are two years into this movement and it is succeeding. We're gonna go a little bit deeper into the vaults than we usually do, looking at individual vaults, and I will explain why when we get there. We're gonna talk about the Delaware Depository specifically, which is the biggest IRA custodian of the vaults. An IRA, of course, is an international retirement account. I think that's what it stands for. And silver held in IRAs are for individuals and they are not traded on futures markets. Silver held in IRAs generally stays put and is owned by people who do not trust the current monetary system, our kinds of people. JP Morgan has lost 33 million ounces of registered silver since Silver Squeeze. CNT has lost 32 million ounces registered. The Bank of Japan has once again bought a record amount of Japanese government bonds in January, and that number will only go higher as they desperately try to maintain control of the bond market, which they will lose control. And when that happens, the biggest Keynesian diehard of the world will fall. This silver report is brought to you once again by Fortuna Silver Mines, symbol FSM. They provided an update yesterday, February 1st. They are pleased to provide an update on activities at the Seguela Gold Project located at Cote d'Ivory. David Whittle, Chief Operating Officer, West Africa, commented, construction activities are nearing completion despite worldwide supply chain challenges. We are pleased to report commissioning remains on schedule for Q2 2023, which begins in April. Highlights are project is approximately 90% complete to the end of January, remains on track. SAG mill installation is nearing completion. Tailing storage facility, earthworks, and HDPE lining is almost complete. Basically, we're on the verge of major gold production and the payoff of Fortuna's acquisition of Rocks Gold. And if silver is about to break out, as I believe it is, the moves on this stock could be quite strong in the next few months as Seguela goes online. And of course, do your own due diligence and let's continue with this week's silver report. So we'll begin with the registered COMEX supply. I've shown you this chart before. It should be familiar to you by now, but we're going to get a little bit deeper than this this week. So just to recapitulate, we have here very close to an all-time low in registered stockpiles of silver. The registered is what is sold against the futures contract. So when a futures contract is bought and stood for delivery, this is the stuff that gets delivered, not the eligible stuff, the registered stuff. And we are at a near all-time low supply. 
that we hit last in 2016, I believe at around 22, 23 million ounces. We are at 32, 10 million ounces just above, and we can hit that number in a matter of weeks, depending on how fast silver gets drained. But what is behind this number? Well, in the next chart here below, you'll see that the eligible stocks have not really moved much since Silver Squeeze. Actually, moving back up here, I want to reiterate how much has been drained since Silver Squeeze. Silver Squeeze is right at the tip here. That is about 150, 152 million ounces. We were at 32. And so we have drained about 120 million ounces of registered silver. Now, yes, true, the eligible stockpile has not moved much at all since Silver Squeeze. Here is Silver Squeeze in 2021, where my little magnifying glasses circling. And we're eh, we're even higher than that now. We're at about 260. It looks like here at about 245, 250, something like that. So how is it that eligible supplies are rising? Eligible meaning silver in storage. Who is storing it? For what reason? What is going on? And why isn't Silver Squeeze affecting this? Well, I looked into the vault details and could be that Silver Squeeze is affecting the eligible supply by specifically making it bigger. What the hell am I talking about? Well, look at this. If you look at the individual vaults on Gold Charts Are Us, it gives a very nice breakdown. We have here the Delaware Depository. Now we see here since Silver Squeeze, I drew in a black vertical line at February, 2021 to match it up with the um, supply of silver at that point. It was about 15 million ounces. See, if it's not a right angle, it's a wrong angle. <laughs> so 15 million ounces. And since then, the eligible supply, mostly the eligible supply, the registered supply looks to have gone down because there was a bigger gap. This is the registered up here. There was a bigger gap here uh, than we have now. We have almost no registered stocks, about 419,000 ounces, less than half a million ounces, very, very low. The Delaware Depository does not trade futures that much. What does it do? It stores silver eligible silver. The supply of eligible silver has risen from 15 million now to almost 40 million, 39.73 million. So let's just say 40 million to round it off. That is about 25 million ounces eligible that have been added to the Delaware depository. What is going on with the Delaware depository? Check this out. Here I am on the About Us page of the Delaware depository. About us here, we can read Delaware Depository is an exchange approved precious metals depository providing a full range of specialized precious metals, custody, accounting, and shipping services. Customers include, notice the first one here, IRA custodians. Yes, investment banks and broker firms, etc. But the first mention here is IRA custodians. This is the market that they focus on. Now we can move to this tab. If you Google who owns Delaware Depository, you get the answer, Fidelitrade Incorporated About Us. Branded as Delaware Depository, Depository Trust Corp Company of Delaware LLC is a wholly owned subsidiary of Fidelitrade Incorporated. Delaware Depository is the leader in precious metal custodial services to self-directed IRA custodians. What is the point I'm trying to get at? IRA, international retirement accounts, these are not investment banks. These are individuals that are storing silver in their IRAs to escape what they may believe will be galloping or perhaps even hyperinflation. Obviously, we know that hyperinflation is the end of all fiat monetary systems, so it is inevitable. Do these people believe that specifically? I don't know. They are maybe boomers, who knows, but they are storing silver in their IRAs. And where are they getting it from? They are getting it from the registered silver supply and moving it over to Delaware because the other vaults that are the bullion banks, JP Morgan, 
and HSBC, they are losing silver. They are losing registered silver. And it's, it appears that it is being moved to Delaware to IRA accounts. So these are silver stackers, but what is the most efficient silver to stack? Those are the 5,000 ounce bars or the 1,000 ounce bars, sorry. They are the most economically efficient to stack because they have the lowest storage cost and they have the lowest premiums. So, you know, buy a futures contract, take delivery of the silver, move it to Delaware and store it in your IRA. That's probably what's happening here. So why isn't the eligible silver supply being drained by silver squeeze? Well, it is. It's being drained from the registered supply to the eligible supply. Am I 100% sure that this is what's happening? No, but the evidence suggests that this is the flow direction. Let's move on. I said that the bullion banks are losing registered supply. We can see here on this chart of the JP Morgan silver stockpile that since silver squeeze, this black vertical line here, we had a whole bunch of registered, I don't know exactly, that looks like whatever, 190 back, 190 million to 150 million, say about 40 million ounces. Now it is uh, 10.6 million ounces. So in total, since Silver Squeeze, JP Morgan has lost 33 million ounces of silver, most of it registered. Its eligible supply has stayed pretty much static. Now here is the JP Morgan chase strictly registered supply here again is silver squeeze vertical line february 2021 you can see what happened to the registered supply here this vertical line here in uh, early 2022 that was a 15 million ounce transfer of eligible to registered silver and that was quickly gobbled up now we are down to about 10.6 million ounces of registered silver around where we were in 2013 let's keep it going now this is the CNT depository. You can see here that we are at an on your record low of registered silver here. This has lost an incredible amount of silver, about 32 million ounces. We were at about 33, 33 point something million ounces uh, at silver squeeze vertical line here. And now we are down to 1.38 million ounces. Where are these ounces going? Some of them are going into IRAs. Some of them are going into, uh, yes, the coin markets, but it's going into people's accounts, whether physical silver in a safe or an IRA stored by Delaware or some of the depository. And now why do I think that silver is on the verge of a major breakout? This is purely technical here, and I'm not a big market technician, but I do pay attention to the very basic signs. We have here a clear downtrend since silver squeeze silver squeeze hit a high of 30 35 you see here h 30 35 in february 1st 2021 so i put the trend line exactly there at that crossroads at that point and we have the trend hit here the downtrend hit here established in may 2021 and touched again in on march 7th i think that is 2022 when we had the whole nickel squeeze fiasco scenario in the lme and touched again in April 2022. And then we had that big sell-off and now we're back to the trend line and it looks like we are just above it. We were above it for about three weeks. It wants to break through. It looks like it wants to break through. It looks like it might be breaking through today. And once this trend line is broken through, I think we will be establishing a new uptrend line from a downtrend line. After downtrend lines come uptrend lines. That's how markets work. But why am I specifically excited about an uptrend line being established now? Because we are at near all-time lows in the registered silver supply. While the bullion banks had a lot of silver to sell to buffer the rally since, 2020, since March 2020, they are pretty much out of it now. Well, JP Morgan could bring a lot more 
uh, eligible silver into the registered market and tag it with a warrant. We'll see if they can even do that, if it even belongs to them. It's unclear who it belongs to. But now, let's move to Japan. We have this article from Reuters, published uh, February 1st, 2023. BOJ, Bank of Japan, bought record sum of government bonds in January to defend yield cap by Takahiko Wada and Leika Kihara. Bank of Japan bought a record $182 billion worth of government bonds in January, data showed on Wednesday, underscoring its resolve to defend its yield cap from attack by investors betting on a near-term interest rate hike. The massive buying highlights the increasing difficulty the central bank faces in sustaining its yield control policy as inflation perks up well above its 2% inflation target. Now, in the context of what is happening to Japanese yields, you see here for about three months, I think. Let's scroll down a little bit so we can see the dates. Yes, from around September to uh, December 2022. That's October, November, that's about three months. It, the, mark, the, the yield was pushing up against the 25 basis point ceiling. And then the Bank of Japan hiked to a 50 basis point ceiling to try to relieve some pressure on the bond market so they didn't have to buy as many bonds as before. Because the theory is if you raise the ceiling on the yield cap, then you have to buy fewer bonds to defend it. But no, that's not what's happening. They have to buy more and more bonds because more and more bond sellers are cornering the BOJ, daring it to buy as many bonds as they can, which they are doing, but eventually they will break. So this took about three months to break. This should take eh, maybe around the same time, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more, somewhere around there. But we are bumping up against the 50 basis point ceiling now, and the Bank of Japan is buying even more bonds to defend it. They will fail. And finally, try to make some sense of this. This is a chart from Bloomberg. Traders have never been this bearish on treasuries. Aggregate treasuries, not net non-commercial futures contracts. This is the net amount of futures contracts and bonds that traders are short and is about, what, 2.5 million contracts now. It's an all-time high in shorts. Could this lead to a short squeeze? It might. But the question is, why is it that if everyone thinks that the Fed is going to start cutting rates now and start its inevitable pivot and that this 25 basis point rate hike that just happened is the last one, why are they shorting bonds now? Why are they betting on higher yields if they think that the Fed is going to start cutting rates soon? Well, the answer might be that even if they cut rates on the short-term bonds, the market will then sell all of its bonds, all, all the long-term bonds that remain in on banks' balance sheets to the Fed, and long-term rates could still creep higher anyway, which is eventually what's going to happen as the monetary system comes apart at the seams. Is this what they're betting on? It could be. So in other words, they're betting that the Fed will cut rates on the short end, but that long-term rates will continue higher and higher as the Fed loses control of consumer prices. Quite the end game signals we are seeing in the monetary system this week. This is Rafi, the Endgame Investor. If you enjoyed this silver report, then consider signing up for a two-week free trial of the Endgame Investor. Or you can sign up to be my patron on Patreon, where you'll get a weekly biblical commentary on monetary and economic policy topics. Last week, we covered how Gold and silver stacking literally saved the lives of the Israelites on the eve of the exodus from Egypt. Strange, huh? Have a good week, guys, and I'll see you next week.